0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Unlimited Boundaries, Officer B, with your host, Lester Bailey. I really thank you all for coming on with me today. Today was kind of a special day in a a way. Chicago has been having a real problem with a case about a police officer who is now an ex-police officer, and now he's a jailbird. He got sentenced to jail today for shooting a I'll say a criminal or would-be criminal because we really don't know how much that he actually did on the scene. But he had gotten shot sixteen times. And it was kind of funny when people are doing that. So the world wanted to weigh in on what they thought about the particular case. And I have on with me today Miss M. Smile who decided to, as we were just having this conversation, we really wanted to talk about it together. And it was so much fun to have this discussion and we can see where everybody's mind is. Because to me, it's kind of important for us to be able to talk about different cases and what happens with the police as they're doing their job. And sometimes some police officers go overboard and for well, the majority of police officers out there, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. So, I'd like to introduce the world, Ms. M. Smile. How are you?
1: I'm groovy. How's everybody doing?
0: You know, everybody is doing so well. <laughs> Tell me something. Did you get a chance to watch the news today about the Quand- No, no. <laughs> trial about Laquan McDonald and Officer Jason Van Dyke?
1: Oh, my God, everyone, yes, I did, everyone was glued to their computers watching the trial. We were just
0: a bundle of nerves. Yeah, and and I know that was for basically everyone, me even being a retired police officer. I was on a bundle of nerves because I was kind of nervous about the outcome of the trial as we went through. What are some of the things about the Jason Van Dyke case stood out in your mind?
1: Honestly, the first thing that came to mind is sixteen bullets were not necessary to make one point.
0: I have to agree. You
1: know, <laughs> and another thing that. Bothered me is, well, it reminded me of nine one one. 1 1. And the reason it reminded me of that is, gee, because, well, innocent lives were threatened because of that one situation. It had a ricochet effect. And just like today, and then people were unable to go to work. Uh, they were unable to go to school, uh, leave their home because of the threat of violence in a situation. Mm-hmm. And it also hurt my heart. Institutions were closed. You know, grade schools were closed. Neighborhoods in different areas are threatened, dependent on your belief about this trial and I don't believe that a group of people should just be collectively
0: punished for that reason most of the time you would never see anything like that and during that time when you're talking about your average police officer and this is something that was kind of important to me your average police officer will get into different spots in their life and they have to make a life or death threatening decision With this particular child, excuse me, trial, (laughs) simple saying child, it's too funny to me. But with this particular trial, we can see that Laquan McDonald happened to be walking down the street and he had a knife in his hand. Now, me being a police officer, I've gone through certain conditions at that time. I've had a guy jump out of the bushes on me with a machete in a karate uniform. And it was kind of funny to me because I couldn't understand what was he doing and why did he do something like that? That was kind of odd. But as he's swinging, my first idea at the time, and we didn't have tasers during this particular time. This was in the early 90s. And when the guy jumped out, I started to laugh. And I'll tell you, it's not odd that I felt threatened because I did because I can hear the guy can hear the meanness I can understand but I'm like you bringing a knife to a gun battle that's not really fair for you because if you come toward me with this yes I'm going to shoot you now the majority of police officers and you're right the majority of police officers if we have to shoot we are taught how to shoot and it's never to unload your gun This is first, and I know you never thought about that, right, me? That we could not just turn around and pull out a gun and just keep shooting continuously. We are always in control of our thought and control of our weapon. And that's the biggest thing that we talk about in all police work. Always be in control of your actions. Always be in control of that gun because the gun can result in taking someone's life. Now, you do want to turn around and stop the threat, but if you have to use a gun while you're the police, it has to be in life-or-death-threatening situations, which means that the result is, of course, you can take somebody's life at this time, but you only want to be able to have to stop this threat if it is coming at you. Well, watching the film, and did you get a chance to see the film, M. Definitely. and my personal opinion...
1: The boy was blowed out of his mind. He's skipping down the street with a knife.
0: Down the middle of the street? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And you see all
1: these police officers, police cars, and not much you can do with this homemade knife. Yes, he was up to doing naughty things, flashing tires high out of his board. but it was not necessary to execute him. Police officers are trained, like you said, to handle their guns professionally, and they know how to aim and shoot, you know, immobilize him by, you know, preventing him from walking. you know, sh- shoot, shoot a calf, shoot a, you know, shoot the weapon out of his hand, but you don't have to empty the gun.
0: No, you never have to empty the gun. And here's one of the most important parts that I want everybody to understand. Usually, if the threat is coming toward you, you will, again, protect yourself and the lives of someone else that is coming around. This is what can happen when it's a very clean and pristine scene. Now, Laquan was walking down the street. He had a gun, I mean, excuse me, he had a knife in his hand. And as he was swinging this particular knife, you could see it just going as you're walking. If the normal person is walking and you're carrying anything in your hand, you tend to swing it. He was not swinging this knife at the particular officer. And I don't like to second judge other police officers, but in this case, it did not look fair to me. So I'm watching him as he's walking down the street and he's swinging. The knife, But when I say walking down the street, you have to look at a four lane street and a person is literally walking on the center line of the four lane street. It's going, you know, north and south, east and west. And all of a sudden, the officer says he gave commands for him to stop. Now, Laquan was at no point in time going toward this officer whatsoever, never at one time that he changed to that area. The officer turned around as he looked Laquan in his face. He decided to begin shooting. Now, for those of you all that have to understand, when you're shooting someone 16 times, if you do not have an automatic weapon, you must pull the trigger at least 16 times. That would be a semi-automatic weapon, which will go a little bit faster than a revolver will. But either which way it goes, you're putting two pounds of pressure per click of your gun. So we're looking at here you go an example of pow 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 so you're, when you're seeing something like that, you know that you're doing a deliberate act. Not only did he shoot the 16 times, which completely unloaded his weapon, but it also, he went to reload his gun again. Now, according to the forensic evidence that they had, they said that the first two shots, and even the you know, excuse me, defending attorney said that the first two shots, actually could have killed Laquan. Now if the first two shots did kill him, why was it necessary for you to again shoot 14 more times? Now me being involved in different shootings and have been there, at no point in time do I am I understanding how you manage to keep pulling a trigger. Now they'll say yeah, maybe you blacked out or maybe this thing happened. You're taking someone's life. At no point in time is your blackout ability overriding what you're looking at. You're looking at this threat. If you're no longer shooting at Laquan, what were you shooting at? And why were you shooting at something else? Because your shots are the most dangerous thing ever because you don't know if you're going to hit your target or not. That's really important. And as for a police officer, he actually was able to shoot Laquan 16. Times, meaning that he did not miss one shot. That's a wild statement.
1: Yeah. It was just a malicious act deliberately done. And if you need that much target practice to shoot a human being 16 times, God bless you and rest your soul.
0: But there was no reason to do it. And that's in my opinion. That's in my humble opinion as I've been out there. And I know some of you all will agree with me and others may not. But when you're actually looking at someone, and this has nothing to do with race. This is nothing ever to do with race. It's just if some things are right and some things are wrong. When you're in the justice system and you have to go to many of your trials, the outcome of trials are never understanding. You just hope that Lady Justice You know, ways in the correct way, not necessary in the way that you agree, but ways in the correct way, because things will happen on the street. They're not always clean. I've I've known that I've been in areas in which I was ambushed. I've been into areas in which things just went wrong. I won't say to the left and just go to wrong. But when your average person sees something, and when the majority of people are saying the same thing, it's normally not right. Everybody doesn't jump on the same bandwagon all the time. But a friend of mine used to say, everybody can't tell the same lie. And all of us are agreeing, and I know the M here agrees with me, everybody can't tell the same lie. And if you're lying about your actions, you should suffer the consequences of going to jail. Now, we have no idea how long that Jason Van Dyke will be in jail. That's, you know, a story for another time. But what we do know that his actions made everybody a little extra nervous. And I'm glad to see that as people like him here see something that she said something. You know, we often talk about when you see a crime, talk about it, even if it's a police officer or just someone else. You rarely ever hear about someone completing it out of a semi-automatic weapon using all of the bullets that they have. They're normally getting the person down and they're getting away from the scene. I rarely have ever seen anybody shoot an entire clip. And especially a police officer. Could you imagine? And a police officer's M out of your life. Have you ever heard about a police officer Emptying his weapon on one single person who did not have a gun. No.
1: No, not, not, not emptying the entire gun.
0: No. How did it make you actually feel knowing that that happened? It,
1: it, like I said, I think it was a vicious act, whatever hatred. that Bill Van Dyke enraged,
0: he took it up on that boy. <laughs> yes. That, that was it. Now, they talk about a taser coming to the scene and Van Dyke not wanting the taser because he believed that Laquan was on his way to commit another crime during this particular time. But for others who don't know, Officer Jason van dyke was not the first officer in the scene there was another female officer who was behind the uh the victim he was actually behind him following him laquan was being followed by another police officer in another squad car Why that officer was there so that officer had clear sight there was nothing in that other officer's way in order to watch him so why didn't that other officer or here's even a funnier question why was officer McDonald the only officer on the scene that shot no other officers went to shoot him no other officers went to shoot Laquan that to me was another red flag because normally when there is a threat especially of that high of a threat, you don't just get one officer shooting, especially if it's an imminent threat, where people can see it right in their hands and they can see it coming over. Then we can understand why there may have been multiple shots. But you had one officer doing multiple shots, and the other officer who had the clear line of sight that was following Laquan for several blocks Because Laquan was actually slicing the tires of someone else. Yes, he was committing a crime. Yes, he was not innocent at the time. I don't want you all to think that, if anything else, maybe I'm on the side of him. No, Laquan had been a career criminal. He had been the age of 17, had been in and out of jail on several occasions. But what happens here, as he's walking down the street he's not bothering anybody again he never went to try to slice and dice the particular officer what made him shoot and why so many times and that made the world nervous because as uh, as anybody else i would never want to have to be that officer sitting on that stand we have always been on the stand even when we were correct in crimes and they <laughs> the prosecution loves to grill us. They love to be on the side of the defendant and they're looking at the police officer as he was, he's the actual victim of the crime. But when you're standing there and you know that your actions weren't right, several other mitigating circumstances happened. You lied on your reports, and you had other police officers get together and lie on their reports, and those other officers were. They had a job until today. Today, those officers have been fired from the job. They were waiting a result of the trial to see whether their actions were right or wrong. One of the other things that happens in our trials, and I know you didn't know this, Em, uh, not trials, but it happens after a shooting that we're supposed to immediately call for medical assistance right after we've been involved in a shooting. No officer on that scene called for any medical service at all. They didn't. Now, I know that that's a wild moment, but they did not call for any medical service. Nor did they go to tend to render any type of aid for Laquan McDonald. These are things that are mandated. These are not things that we come up with. If you're involved in a shooting and someone is down, you are to immediately see what type of aid that you can give if any at all and to call for an ambulance or any other medical service that you can immediately they did not find anything out for at least five minutes on that scene before anybody called and it happened to be a supervisor who called for medical assistance. These are things that are kind of crazy, and we have to be careful about what we do as officers, especially in today's time. Everything is being sought out. So, oh my goodness, did I lose you? I'm sorry, I lost my special guest because of other calls coming through at that particular moment, but I will take care of that in a moment but I really appreciate you all Mm. listening to hello I'm sorry I had a moment there that I got an interruption so M please tell me what were your final thoughts about this particular case that just happened well although people feel
1: some form of vindication just I'm praying for the city of Chicago, just to conduct themselves peacefully, and hopefully we can just come together and, and gee, <laughs> I, I, I had not a lot of words. <laughs> they, everybody was in fear. We're comfortable for the moment. We don't want any riots or protests, and people were promoting, oh, maybe Chicago needs to go through burn, baby. Burn to be heard, but no. Escalating more negative situations is not the solution. Like I said, just come together and be, be prayerful. Open your mouth. Don't be afraid of, they say, speaking to the popo. Cooperate. And, um, gee, I don't know what else. I'm praying for that family, and um, like I said, I'm grateful for the verdict, and hopefully he can, Van Dyke, if he has a bit of conscience, he has to wallow in this this time in prison, but um,
0: it's it's just a mini victory for now. Okay, we know that it is. so. To my old city of Chicago, I'm really thanking you all for listening to Unlimited Boundaries, Officer B, with your host, Lester Bailey, and M, because we've had so much of a good time being able to talk about the subject of today. Listen, to everyone, you all stay fantastic. Leave me a comment on this. Let me know what you're thinking about, and we can continue this conversation as we go along. You are so kind to have listened, and be fantastic. Enjoy your every day and stay brilliant. And until the next time, and I thank you so much, Em, for coming on with me. I really appreciate you know having this discussion with you, and maybe we'll hear some more from you in the future. So, everybody, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh, thank you. Anytime. <laughs> thank you. You all take care. Have a fantastic and brilliant day. This is Lester Bailey from Unlimited Boundaries Officer B.